we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford right out to you here from Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please go ahead and give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, also, if you can like, share, support, subscribe, follow us, or the Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Run the Floor Podcast, NBA Draft Junkies, or Lakerholics.com. Boy, that list seems to be growing by the day. It is truly appreciated. Well, another great victory for the Los Angeles Lakers. At least they got off to a great start in this series, something they haven't done all playoff long. But you know what? This time around, they did very well. They went ahead and they got the victory. Kind of let it slip here when all the subs went in there. But you know what? Still, the victory was pretty much never in doubt. 126-114 to 114 after the second quarter. The Lakers came out strong in the second quarter after they were down by two in the first quarter with not exactly the most inspired defensive effort in that first quarter. But they came back strong in that second and third and really dominated the ball. And here today to talk about everything going on in that game with the Lakers now leading the Western Conference Championship right now, one game to zero over the Denver Nuggets, are three great guests indeed. First off, I'm going to go ahead. He's my main cohort in crime right here at the Lakers Fast Break. It is my good friend, Mr. Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. You got to go ahead and check out his awesome site, NBA Draft Junkies, where he is updating pretty much every single day NBA prospect videos, interviews, podcasts, and so much more. Be part of the 12,000 subscribers today at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. It is Rafael Barlow and Rafael Basically, a definitive win for the most part for the Lakers today. Yeah, I mean, if you're a Lakers fan, player, coaching staff, management, you have to be pleased with the effort. And, um, you know, this is the first series that they got off to a, a, a big start in game one. And if you're Denver, you may be concerned or you may say, you know what, we, you know, we're just two games away from right where we want to be. So, um, but yeah, definitely a, a a dominating performance by the Lakers, and their their defense was was tough. I mean, in that Denver, second and third yeah. quarter, I agree with you. They really yeah. turned it up. Yep, Denver had a hard time uh, cracking the coat. Want to ask you this real quickly, and I know we're going to get to our other guests here in a second, and that is the play not of playoff Rondo, because obviously on the scoreboard it didn't look like he had the same kind of impact that he actually did because he actually did have a good impact on the game. But Dwight Howard had a strong impact on the game. Physicality he brought straight to Jokic. He brought a strong presence there in the paint. I want to hear your thoughts on how Dwight Howard, to me, and I said this to my daughter during the course of the game, looked like a man who hadn't played in two weeks. Well, to me, he looked like a man that rewound the clock 10 years. He looked like Orlando Magic Dwight. Um, I, I think it was in the second quarter, the the big block, the weak side block. Um, he was bouncy. And, I mean, I guess you can say he's lost some athleticism over the years, but he's still in, in the top tier as far as just athleticism and the NBA. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's a good sign. If you get Orlando Magic Dwight, who, who's going to beat the Lakers in seven games? One. No one. Uh, it's going to be a hard deal indeed. And that's something that we had spoken about in our preview is how effective can the taller players for the Lakers like JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard 
be against the Denver Nuggets. Will they be played off the floor, at least so far in this game, game one, that was not the case, and they were able to go ahead and be a positive force, at least Dwight Howard was. I want to go ahead and also interview today Mr. Magic Man himself, Sean Grice. He's one of the blog editors for Lakerholics.com. I want to ask you, my friend, on this as far as what do you think really stood out to you most? I mean, the veteran presence obviously was there, including Markeith Morris, who hit some timely three-pointers early on. But it seemed to me overall like it was a well-balanced effort from the second quarter on. Absolutely, Gerald. I, I'd agree 100%. And uh, it culminated with uh, Anthony Davis again deciding when to assert himself. And he decided, yeah, third quarter, I'm just going to take over. And what was interesting to me is he went 12 for 15 from the free throw line, but he met all three of his misses were in a row. There were two sequences where he got to the line twice, went one for four. He went 11 for 11 outside of that. So, I mean, throughout the, uh, I think, five games now that the Lakers and Nuggets have played, Anthony Davis was averaging about 1.6. Uh, points per possession. Tonight, he averaged 1.76. He had 37 points on 21 shots again. Like, it doesn't matter how well uh, the Joker plays if Anthony is averaging, like, over 1.5 points per game, per possession. It, it's just, it's not a good formula for them. Absolutely, and we saw that tonight. But I also want to say second quarter early on with Dwight Howard, the Lakers did get into, I guess, a physicality, some physicality, but also into the heads a little bit of Denver and got some key players in some foul trouble. Now, they weren't able to take advantage of it by halftime, which I was kind of disappointed. And I thought that was going to send a sign to the Lakers that maybe they need to step in the second half. And they certainly did. But I think they need to go ahead and say, you know what, we need to breathe a sigh of relief because if they were not able to capitalize when the, you know, when you have Jokic off the floor with three fouls and you have Murray off the floor with three fouls for a considerable amount of time and you didn't take advantage of it, there's obviously a lot to be said as far as what they did when they were on the court. So here with me also today is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. You got to be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com and Laker Tom. A great win overall, but to me, I think the signal was sent early on in the second quarter with Dwight Howard sending a physical message to the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, Dwight played great and uh, showed that he could hold his own with uh, with Joker. Um, I think the big the big stat that jumped out at me in the whole game was they basically took away uh, Nikola's passing. You know, he got two assists in the entire game, zero in the second half. Um, and that that just basically shut down the rest of the lineup. Everybody was having to go one-on-one, and, and that makes the Lakers' defense so easy when you when you don't have that those, those easy passes that he gets. Um, he started off like Rockets, you know, 11 points in the first quarter, was playing great. Um, Anthony Davis did a great job matching them, and... and and uh, Murray hit that three at, at the end of the quarter, and and boom, they were up 35, 38 to thirty five, I think. Um, and then you know, as as you said, we we missed an opportunity late in the set, late in the first half to really blow the game wide open. 
Uh, and I give uh, the Nuggets credit. You know, they're, the Nuggets bench held their own during that period of time, and and uh, it looked like it was going to be a closer game than than I originally thought uh, until we started the third quarter, and that 17-1 run just basically blew the game wide open. Um, Dwight uh, coming in and starting the second half. Uh, that I, was a nice move. That was a nice move. That was a nice move. And it was it was one that was kind of predicted by all of the stats because JaVale had basically never had good numbers against uh, Joker. Dwight had held his own, and AD basically had owned him. Um, and it was it was a masterful move to see uh, to see Vogel make that move, you know, uh, as opposed to just starting JaVale and giving him five more minutes. Um, and I saw JaVale, you know, rooting on the bench like he's done all along, and and I give Dwight credit for how he behaved during the during the uh, during the series against the Rockets because he really he really was front and center about rooting for his teammates, and uh, he deserves a lot of credit. And then, man, if you ain't on the playoff Rondo train yet, Gerald, <laughs> you ought to get on it because just like just like <laughs> just like uh, Raphael said. You notice that every time he passed the ball to somebody, not only was the guy open, not only did the pass hit him right in his shooting pocket, but the guy made the shot. Now, I'm not doubting his passing ability. I'm not doubting his passing ability. Never have. But, you know, when you're saying playoff Rondo, he means he's taking it to another level. He is just doing exactly. That is another level. And you have to admit that it's not. It's leadership on the court. It's. Pulling the whole team together. He's just doing what I asked him to do. Solid basketball, finding the man. Elite basketball. That's not solid basketball. Seven points. Elite point guard basketball. Seven points in the game is not elite basketball, my friend. Nine assists. Seven points and and nine uh, assists. Nine assists is the is. And how many points were scored on those nine assists? There were several threes in there. Again, that's. But then again, that's what he's been doing all along. He has that skill. But also, he's able to play effective enough defense. That's a key right there for you. So whether or not I'm going to go ahead and jump on the Rondo Express is still to be yet to be determined. So go ahead. We have five guys five guys with double figures and Rondo. There you go. With we'll, a great all-around game. Well, Sean, no turnovers. No turnovers. That's, that's a key right that's there for you. Out, that's lights out for well, Denver every time that happens. Well, that's a, that's a key for you right there is the no turnovers. And, in fact, they were 18 – Assists him and LeBron to one turnover at one point in time. Go ahead, Sean. And that's probably eighty points generated between the points and the assists that Go. LeBron and Rondo made during that game. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, well, I also wanted to backtrack a little bit. Um, I think at the end of the third quarter, both uh, the Joker and uh, Jamal had about twenty points apiece, so they were on pace to average what they normally do. Um. The big exception was Michael Porter. Um, I really liked the adjustments Frank Vogel made on Porter. Well, I mean, Michael Porter wasn't a big factor, wasn't a huge factor as far as points-wise on the stats in the last series. No, no. And he really only asserted himself in this game when we were up by 20 points. That's when he would really relax. Garbage minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, But there were different... Threw different guys at him. KCP was on him at some point. Kuzma Howard was on him. him. Yeah, Howard. He was he was guarded by a, a great array of people. But again, the Nuggets. It wasn't attested to you know the time where 
Jokic and Murray really had great games, despite the fact that both were in constant foul trouble after the second quarter. Yeah, that that's the thing with Denver, though. If if those two guys aren't going or they are in foul trouble, they, they just need somebody else to get going. And that's what and, they didn't have. They didn't really have someone at the right times no, to get I mean, them going. Right. And, I mean, Gary Harris is a great player, a great three-point shooter, but he's not going to light up 20 points in in eight minutes he's not a microwave scorer like that so when denver doesn't have joker and murray going it's easy pickings i mean it really is because they struggle to score Raphael, i want to ask you this real quick that uh, you know okay laker tom is already just you know he's driving that engine forward with the rondo express but it's <clears> the <throat> fact that he does have that vision in passing that we've seen so much from him and he is playing at an effective level on both ends of the floor. That's a positive, but it clears the pathway to so many either layups or lobs that the Lakers seem to get time and time again. I'm sure you noticed that, but also as well the fact that their transition defense for the Nuggets was certainly not there, even after made baskets. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't realize that they've played every other day for the past. I, I forgot how many days they said. Um, this was the they, longest break they had since the uh, since the layoff, since the actual uh, first time they practiced the, the protest. I should say, yeah, day. yeah. So I, I think um, the Lakers were fresh. Um, you know, I guess the last series you said that the other team was coming off a seven game series and they had momentum, but I think in in this series you just saw that um, the Lakers were just a lot fresher than in the Nuggets. They came out more active. And um, you, you think know, it was because, partly because also the emotional victory that they had over the Clippers? No, I just think that um, they're already at the dance. <laughs> no, I just think that they're going to go back there again, like we did yesterday. Yeah, it's almost midnight too. I mean, all right, use Dwight for example. After that's midnight, probably, that's a good one, Sean. <laughs> that's Dwight's and probably his first DMP CD, and he had like three of them. Yeah. So, um. He was obviously going to be fresh, but a little motivated, excited to play. You know, it's one of those things where you, he probably took for granted playing. And he came out like, I mean, I, I saw 2009 Dwight Howard. I saw the same guy that the Lakers played uh, in, in the finals. Um, like, was that 2010? Whatever. Maybe it was nine. I'm not sure my years are getting mixed it, it up. It was, here. I think, nine because uh, ten came uh, went against the Celtics. Celtics, yep. So yep. He, yep. he looks he looks good, and if they can play Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard together at the same time, there's no drive to the basket. There's <laughs> there's uh, and, and LeBron, you're shooting all jump shots at, at that point, and even if you're forced, if if you have those guys in together and you're forcing teams off the line, then you end up shooting the most inefficient shot for your entire offense. And so the Lakers' defense is, I mean, they, they got some guys on there. They they got some dogs. Absolutely. And if they're shooting anywhere decent, and they did today, they did a good job. 49%. Yeah, so that'll get it done each and every time. But they can continue to match what Denver's doing as far as three-pointers are concerned. In fact, they beat them today as far as three-pointers are concerned. So that's a great sign that the Lakers can not only match them in the paint, but also match them outside as well. Sean, I want to ask you this. When Mason Plumlee comes into the game, it's almost like you're taking a breath uh, because of the fact that he is limited in what he can do. 
So it allows the Lakers to go back to just as Raphael was explaining as far as having Anthony Davis on the floor, but also having a big man alongside. Oh, absolutely, Gerald. I mean, that's a, that's a synergistic effect right there. Um, it affects the way uh, a team has to defend the Lakers, and it also affects the way that you have to play them in transition. Um, you know, tonight reminded me of uh, of a Pink Floyd song, you know, Pigs on the Wing. Now it's Bigs on the Wing. I mean, one or two of Anthony Davis and Dwight can fly down uh, either either side laterally or go into the middle of the paint and just and just dunk it or, or get a lob. I mean, it's it's easy pickings. It's like fish in a barrel when they get in transition. You have one one or two of them charging right to the rim, and maybe the other one's trailing, or AD sitting at the top of the key ready to shoot a three. I mean, it, it's really beautiful to see. Absolutely, it is indeed. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Once again, it's Lakers Fast Break. I'm Gerald Glassford. Thank you to everyone who's watching us out there on all the different Facebook groups, whether you're watching us on one of the many sports groups, NBA, basketball, or Lakers fans groups. We just truly appreciate you watching. We're every day, virtually, every day the playoffs are being played. We have coverage each and every day at the Lakers Fast Break, either at the fast at the Facebook page for Lakers Fast Break or available on any podcast outlet each and every day. I'm here again with Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies, Laker Tom, and Sean, a.k.a. Magic Man, from Lakerholics.com, and we truly appreciate you watching and listening. Laker Tom, I want to hit you up with this. When it comes to the Lakers, how can they continue this momentum? I mean, you saw the great way that they, they performed today for three quarters. Now let's say three and a quarter quarters. After that, as far as it went downhill, but... You know, for the most part, they were not only just played at a superior level, like they really intent. And I think they showed a lot of respect to the Nuggets, as LeBron was saying. I know a lot of people were just like rolling their eyes when LeBron was saying that the respect that they have to him was out of this world. But I want to hear your thoughts. To me, it seemed like the Lakers had a healthy respect for the Nuggets, at least going into game one. Well, I think the Lakers have a healthy respect for all of the teams in the NBA they're professionals. Any team can beat you on any given day, you know. Um, I think I, I, the key thing, though, is that the Lakers the Lakers have a target. The target is, is, is 16 wins. They've got nine of them now. They have seven more to go. 
And that focus is going to get laser sharp every time they win a game because that number gets smaller and smaller that they're moving toward. And, and it's seven right now. And, and they're basically going to be really focused to make sure to go out and get game two. I think that there's a good chance for a sweep. Absolutely. And Rafael, I want to ask you this. Do you see this continuing? I know we have made our predictions on our last episode, but seeing the imprint that we saw today, do you think the Lakers can continue to dominate as they did for much of this game? I mean, I think so, but there's another part of me that's like, you can't count Denver out. <laughs> nope. they've, they've proven time and time again. Um, and I think if, if the game was the other way around, let's say Denver came out and won game one, I still don't think any Laker fans would be concerned at all. So, um, you know, it's, it's game one. Don't want to jump too far into conclusions, but, you know, just kind of looking at it on paper and, you know, from the top of the roster to the back end of the roster, it's, it's hard to see how Denver can, can win this series. But that's why the game isn't played on paper. This is true. As the Clippers already know, definitely, indeed, when that's why they're gone fishing right now. But well, well, um, go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, Gerald, I was just going to add, um, this series is um, a little different than the Clippers one in the sense that um, I, I thought that Zubats was the better matchup for the Clippers against Jokic. But the problem was when he had to play defense against the Joker, he would just foul out if he played more than 30 minutes. Well, Harold was an awful matchup for the Clippers. Oh, of course. But, but, but for, I mean, most casual fans might not know that Trez plays really hard and for his size, but he's only 6'7". I mean, Dwight Howard is a legit 6'10". And, and he's a rock underneath. It's a little different. I thought he's seven, but first I thought that was. Uh, but anyways. That was before they did the measurements this yeah. year. There you go. Yeah. There you go. But but you're able to throw. I see what you're saying. You're able to throw six ten Anthony Davis, seven foot or six ten Dwight Howard, and of course seven foot Javale McGee, just to throw bodies at him to even just throw him slightly off his game. And I, I get that. And we saw it actually not for his scoring, but for his passing, which obviously is his you know, claim, claim to fame. And it just seems to be that something threw him off because he was not able to be as effective in distributing the ball, but also it took a lot of the shots away from the other players. And that's, they just didn't execute and get the job done. We, did, we didn't double them, you know, that was the key. We Not basically as much. Stayed, they, stayed at home on, on we stayed at home most of the time on the cutters and definitely on the three point shooters. There were some mismatches that were created by Jokic when he was on a guard and got to post up on a guard, but the Lakers you know, tried to minimize that as much as possible. From what well, I was you, able to see. you know, I mean, you hear all of these stories before the game. I heard I heard one prog prognosticator say that the Lakers have the first the best two players in the game in the in the series. And the Nuggets have the three through 10 best players, um, which is ridiculous, you know. Um, and then you can't be the best passing big man in the history of the game and have two assists and none in the second half. Um, who said that? Who said that? <laughs> you know, uh, I can't remember who it was. when I think it was Raphael and who said basically that, uh, or maybe it was Jamie that said basically, hey, you know, let, let's let Jokey get 40 points as long as we don't let him get any assists. And shut down the other guys because the other guys don't know how to. The other guys have been living off of his assists. 
just like the Lakers have been living off of Rondo's assists and LeBron's assists. Um, you underestimate how important it is to have a playmaker. It's, you know, why do you think the, the Clippers now are talking about going out and, and finding a point guard? Because they realize that they have the same problem. They don't have a facilitator. And that's a key word, facilitator, because what he does is make it easy for the rest of the players on the team to do their thing. Um, and also, it's, so, it's so important. And, and by, cutting off, by cutting off that facilitator, uh, and even Murray, five, five assists, that's seven assists between your best two players. Yeah, they got 42 points between them. They were supposed to get 60. And, and basically, they didn't really do much to help the rest of the team get anything done. They only had, um, I think, Porter Jr. was the only other double-figure scorer on the lineup. And this is even including all of the points they scored in garbage time. Yes, well, don't remind me of that because that was an ugly scene. Uh, that, uh, if LeBron would have had to come back from the locker room if the game got close, you would have seen smoke come out of his ears. I will just say that. But, Raphael, I want to ask you this. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, uh, he's not getting you the 20 or, or 15 to 20 that everybody's hoping for. Everybody was just saying he has to give in order for the Lakers to win. But he's giving you some solid numbers and some solid defense. And he's even though, like you said, they are still hunting him out on defense, he's able to go ahead and provide just enough in order to go ahead and say, you know what? He's doing actually a pretty good job out there. He's holding his own, and that's all you want. Yeah, and the team is winning. Yeah. I think if if he were putting up the numbers that he's putting up now and they had a couple seven-game series or six-game series, then I think there would be a little bit more pressure on him, and I think fans would be looking for him to be, you know, the, the third guy in a big three. But he doesn't have to be. One night it can be Rondo. One night it can be him. Tonight it was Dwight. So um, he's very fortunate about that. But he's he's not a he's not hurting the team by any means when he's out there. Yeah. So making the right he's making the right plays almost every he's, time he's got the ball. He's making the he's right cutting. plays. He, he's getting easy baskets by cutting to to the rim. And you know when you cut to the rim, you got Rondo and LeBron on your team. They're gonna find you. So I want to ask you this, Sean, as we hit it over back to you before we head on out and listen to what you guys are doing and this weekend, what you got scheduled for all of our experiences coming up. And that is this, Sean, you're in sitting in the Denver sideline, you're sitting in the Denver locker room and you're trying to map out things going forward for them. What do you think needs to happen for them? And how do you think the Lakers should counteract that for the next game? Hmm. You know, Gerald, I, I, I try and not have my purple and gold rose-colored glasses. I evaluate these kinds of things. I try to. Um, I really don't think Michael Malone can really do anything else. Well, I don't know. I, I'd say they're a little bit more variated than the Houston Rockets because Raphael hit it right on the head when early on when he said the Rockets are who they are. I think that the Nuggets have a little bit of variation in their game that they can go to. Yeah, oh no, I agree. I agree. I just, I don't think that Nuggets want to get into a room full of mirrors kind of style play with the Lakers. Like, uh, trying trying to match their physicality, I, I really don't think they, they want to go down that road. And then they just got killed in transition tonight. What are you going to do about that? I, I mean, honestly, you, you had trailers not getting back. You had guys who were kind of 
blowing assignments and then not sure what they were supposed to do. It, it, it just seemed like they were imbalanced. And, um, you know, that was Amadeus again, but I'm calling LeBron now because he's just a composer out there. He's just an orchestrator and he's just figuring out your weaknesses and, and going for the kill. Laker Tom, are you concerned about LeBron's ankle doll? Because no. he did, he did not look a hundred percent after that happened. I don't know. Those dunks look pretty good. I uh, think that uh, I, when he came down, he, if you saw the little hop step that he actually, made, I saw, I saw that. But that I think treatment. He didn't really, he didn't really turn it. He didn't really turn it more than you know, like thirty degrees, and so that I think that's fine. Get, I'd like to answer the question that uh, you threw the Sean. Um, I think that there are definitely some things that. Uh, the Nuggets are going to do, which can make the game a lot more competitive. Um, one thing is, is they, they have to be aware that when a shot goes up, the Lakers are sending two guys down in order to get the fast break going. You go and watch the film, you can see them take off. It's, it's cherry picking time. And they're trusting that get that shot. If that shot goes through the hoop and they get the ball into LeBron, he can still throw that pass down there. So they've got to get back on defense because they gave up a lot of easy points that way. Even after made baskets. Yeah, the second thing that they have, the second thing that they have to do, is they have to figure out how to uh, how to get people open, so that uh, Jokey can get, get some assists, and so that he can that that passing will open up some opportunities for him to score. Um, and the key the key thing is they got to get their guys out of foul trouble. You know that you don't know. I mean, that's one of the things that really cripples a player's entire game very often because once you get into foul trouble it just it affects your defense and it also affects your offense you're afraid in, in the case of Joki, he got several of his fouls offensively and so those are two things i three things i think don't foul get back on defense and move the ball and move and move your feet so that you can get open opportunities their bigger problem is what do they do on defense that's where i think that they really have a problem because they're outsized. They're outsized when we play small. They're definitely outsized when we play big. Um, and what is the answer for that is is really the big problem that most teams struggle against the Lakers. And you also, uh, uh, was it you or Raphael that mentioned the Millsap matchup against uh, LeBron? Uh, uh, I, and I We just, saw the Millsap matchup against Rondo, but we didn't see it against LeBron. Uh, we did see a little bit of it today, today's game, and yeah. I, I thought LeBron uh, handled it very nicely. Uh, he also he mostly had smaller guys on him, and, and that was the right. key, well, well, obviously, to him yeah, being Millsap. very successful. Go ahead, yeah, Sean. Millsap, yeah, Millsap's a physical defender. Like, if you put him on LeBron, he, he can hold his own, no doubt. But I think, again, what, what Denver's going to struggle with throughout this, this series is that um, Jamal and Jokic are just a liability on defense, and I mean, if you if you had to if you had to attack Denver, Gerald, and you had to put up their number one weakness on the board, what would you say it would be? Pick well, and roll, right? Pick and roll, pick but and also roll. also you would yeah. try very hard to do what you did today. Today is a great platform for success, a great blueprint. And the fact is that you got the two major players on Denver's rosters in foul trouble and in foul trouble in the first half. And if you can do that, that really puts Denver in kind of a little bit of a quandary there. I think that if the Lakers have that blueprint and will continue to try and do that, and if they're successful, this could be a very short series. But Raphael, I want to turn it over to you before we go ahead and give everybody an update. 
and that is would you go ahead and say this blueprint was a very successful one and should they continue it if you're the los angeles lakers yeah if it's not broke don't try to fix it but i wanted to add about lebron's ankle i don't think there's any reason to be concerned i saw a play it was years ago and he played for the Cavs. it was a national tv game against the knicks lebron jumped landed funny and i said oh he tore his acl he stayed on the ground they went to a commercial break. You know, usually when they go to a commercial break, it's what did he do? He jumped up and down a couple times. Next thing you know, he's back on the court, got a steal, tomahawk dunk. Something. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have we seen him turn an ankle or and he literally just jumps up a couple times? And, as long as it's not a groin, uh, he'll and, be fine. Groin is the only thing. Like he's yeah. this is year 17. <laughs> Yeah, well, he didn't have the wheelchair this time, but I was expecting him, if it was old school days, like I used to have, do the pump on the Reebok, you know, just pump it up, baby, right there for you after he went and turned that. But uh, I heard the loud yelp that he made. So obviously when he makes a loud yelp like that, at least it gets your eyebrow going and concern up as it did for me. But you're right. He obviously was still able to have enough mobility to go around. He did not look 100%. I'm going to say that right now, but even at LeBron at 90, 95 or, you know, whatever he's going to do after some treatment, like you were saying, Sean, I think he's still good to go for game two. We'll see how, as you all all know, when you played on there, and I know certainly when you turn an ankle that next day, you're going to be a little sore. So it depends on the treatment and the Lakers have a good enough staff that I think uh, he should be okay for game two. I was kind of concerned for Rondo hearing that he was questionable with some back spasms after some days off. And I'm like, how do you go ahead after five days off and have back spasms? But you know what? He was able to go ahead and progress through as well. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news? information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. The Lakers did pull out a nice victory. It was a comfortable victory after the second quarter. And even though they did let off the gas entirely when the scrubs were in there, 126 to 114 over the Denver Nuggets in game one. So they do take a one to zero lead. Remember, if you're listening or you're watching, we are here every day that there's a playoff game. So we'll be back tomorrow. Raphael and I will be back. Maybe we'll have you guys come on. If you guys want to, let me know. If not, we will see you guys hopefully on Sunday. But before we head on out, Raphael, Laker Tom, and Sean, now that everything is going nicely at Lakerholics.com and everybody is now okay able to go over the certain walls to go ahead and able to go ahead and go and post what they need to post, I'll start with you, Raphael, my friend. NBA Draft Junkies, I know you got some things going on this weekend. It's another great weekend for NBA Draft Junkies. Please tell us how that's going to happen. Um, got a couple of videos. Uh, I plan to drop this weekend a Cassius Winston video. Um, I, I have another video where um, 
a, a guest came on and he did part two of his big board. So it'll be picks 15 through 30. So those will be the two videos that I'll, I'll post this weekend. All right, there you go. I got to go ahead and throw up my big board at you, my friend. That's what I got to do one of these days. I got to go, hey, Raphael. So, you know. It's, I'll, I'll move you to the top of the line. Oh, there you go. Anytime. Well, you know, because you always want a good laugh. So there you go. But uh, <laughs> it is NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. Be over the 12,000 subscribers and be part of it today at NBA Draft Junkies. Plus also well, NBADraftJunkies.com. And it's not one, but two great podcasts. Run the floor and NBA Draft Junkies. Sean Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man, please, I want to go ahead and hear from you. What are you working on at Lakerholics.com? Well, you know, Gerald, um, as we go further and further, and now that the Lakers are in the Western Conference Finals, I am so excited about what's to come. Um, right now, the Los Angeles Lakers are 9-2 and two in the playoffs, I believe, and the Miami Heat are 10-1. and one. And I believe both of those franchises are on a collision course for the NBA Finals. Oh, he's already starting it already. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think it's going to be really cool. I think uh, two legacy franchises meeting for the first time in the NBA Finals would be an amazing story. The Heat come full circle after LeBron leaves, and LeBron plays them. <laughs> And Pat Riley and Pat Riley up and, in the stands. Uh, the 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 stories write themselves. It, it would be an amazing an amazing story. You realize this is just game one of the Lakers in the World Western Finals. I mean, I I just teams that are really hot right now, and I don't see anybody else stopping either one of them. Okay, well, fair enough. You'll find out his stories and articles on LakerHolics.com, and of course, to close it off is my good friend Laker Tom. Laker Tom, I want to go ahead and hear from you. How can people be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com? And by the way, have both you and Sean had your vitamin D today? <laughs> no vitamin <laughs> D today. Um, actually, before I even do that, we have not heard Sean's uh, prediction. For Lakers and what? Lakers and, and, and uh, Nuggets. Go ahead, Sean. Lakers and what? Yeah, I, you know what? I'm I'm sticking with six because every time okay. I, I go with six, right there with Jamie. Yeah, Tom goes with five, and, and this is the guy who's already writing articles for next round against Miami. So okay, so I, <laughs> I mean Laker Tom, we know he has articles in the chamber that well, he's ready to release. Hey, <laughs> hey, we don't need to get into the you know um, Kobe's fourth championship. He won it in Orlando, beat Houston in the semis. Beat Denver in the Western Conference Finals. This some good history. Some good. Sean's really great with the history. Sean's and, our storyteller. I, I call. Gonna, I, I nicknamed you the story together. I nicknamed you the storyteller the other day. So yes, I like remember a time back in 1992 in the Western Conference Finals. Yes. So, uh, the, well, I know you got a lot of great stuff, and even though it is according to you Lakers and six, you're still got a lot of stuff prepared for the next round just like a good journalist does. And Laker Tom, I want to go ahead and again, kick it back over to you. What you got cooking at Lakerholics.com? Well, I'm, I'm working on, I'm working on two articles that are in just the hopper two? as, as, uh, as uh, Raphael said. Uh, one of them is um, how underappreciated uh, Anthony Davis is and, uh, and how important he is to the Lakers, not only present, but the future. Um, and the fact that, uh, this has all turned out exactly like the most 
diehard Laker fan could have hoped for. Um, and then the second thing basically is uh, looking at the finals MVP and um, wondering whether or not LeBron will defer as much to Anthony when they get into the finals, since uh, we're talking about real legacy time at this point in time. And, and LeBron's uh, championship windows is smaller than Anthony's obviously is. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I, I kind of think that we're going to see a lot more of the scoring LeBron when we play Miami, both from the vengeance standpoint and from his own desire to, to really win that finals MVP. Um, You're really setting us up for a catastrophic failure like the Clippers. You sound a lot like Clippers fans. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, 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 well, the, no, there's a big difference, you know. They I were mean, already I, counting on the Lakers series already in game one. You didn't hear these kind of predictions from me the last six years. But when you've got the two best players in the game uh, and you've got a defense, which is really the third best player on the game, uh, you, you can you can talk from a position of confidence. I don't think it's smack talking at all. I think that the Lakers, the Lakers, unless they were to have a collapse like the Clippers did, um, are going to win this series. I think that Miami, I think the Miami series would maybe not be be the first series that I don't predict the Lakers in five. I think that's the series that is going to be very interesting. Um, but at the same token, um, that's a young team. And when it comes down to the end, you know, give me LeBron and AD against anybody in the league. Go ahead, Sean. I, I didn't say you were Clippers fans, but you certainly were acting like the Clippers were and how confident that they were going to steamroll over Denver. And the, Clippers, all... the Clippers have never made the finals. Yes, we know that <laughs> now. Different things. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about their overconfidence that they had early on that Raphael and I heard on saw on Twitter that we heard from analysts. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, don't get too overconfident. Let's go ahead and let the series happen. And then we can start going ahead and worrying about what's going to happen in the finals. You guys are already planning out for the finals and it's just game. We're already planning the parade, man. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. Guys read uh, an article Matt Moore wrote for hardwood Rocks. No, no, we no, didn't. I didn't okay. read it. Well, he was basically talking about the mistakes that Bud made, and and his his theme was that there were two reasons basically that that a team collapses like that. One is either you know small adjustments that lead to them crumbling in the clutch, or second was mood. Now he he hypothesized that both fans and the media reflect more on the adjustments rather than the mood or the chemistry of a team in the playoffs that's up against it. What we saw was that the Clippers had no chemistry when they were up against it, and Denver had an abundance of it. I really don't the Lakers collapsing if they do in that fashion. I I can't see it. The the leadership wouldn't allow something like that to happen. Rondo and AD have been in the foxhole together. LeBron and Rondo have. So I I just think there's too much of a of a one mind one goal there that the Lakers have that the Clippers just don't. I mean, one dynamic duo stands right now in the NBA, and it's AD and LeBron. And it's not LeBron, and it's not Kawhi and Paul George. Well, if anyone, what, wins, what wins championships? Two things. 
superstars and defense. Enough said. Well, if you do think out there that these two down here are a little bit overconfident and they're you know, just going ahead and being a little bit uh, excited about what can, may happen in the future, go ahead and share your thoughts today at Lakerholics.com. Remember, I'm the guy that is glass half empty. So you guys are the glass <laughs> half full. Please be part of the conversation today. It is an awesome site, Lakerholics.com. Also remember to go ahead and check out what's going on with the latest in NBA draft news and prospects at NBADraftJunkies.com and NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. And for me, hit me up Twitter at Lakers Fast Break. Also as well, if you need any picks or tips on what to do for your fantasy football team, Chris Ardieri and I, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, that's already up. The latest Pop Culture Cosmos <laughs> is available right now. And the PCC Multiverse, which went up just today, that's also available. Talking about the latest and greatest news and information that's worldwide on radio. And also as well, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead, Laker Tom. You always got to get the last word. Go ahead. Well, it's just hilarious because I'm, I'm watching the TNT crew in the background here. And they're all wearing their fishing outfits. <laughs> Kenny's <laughs> Kenny's got they all got reels and rods and and fishing hats on and they're all casting away out there. Well, and they have a boat. They got a boat set up in front of the uh, in front of the uh, moderator's desk there and so forth. So it's you can. I don't even have to listen to know what they're saying. You know what? <laughs> all I'll say is this: my daughter and I were screaming before the game to and pleading to Charles Barkley not to give the guarantee for the Lakers. That's all I say. <laughs> So I will say this one last time, glass half empty, glass half full. All right, guys, it's been a great time talking today at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Tune in tomorrow where Raphael and I and hopefully some other guests as well will be a part of talking about what happens with the wrap-up for the game between Boston and Miami, Game 3. And, of course, these guys will most likely be back for Game 2 of the Lakers on Sunday against the Nuggets in Game 2 of the Western Conference Finals. And always, we truly appreciate always wherever you're listening and watching. Please go ahead and register vote if you haven't already. Make a difference. Make a positive one today in the world. Go ahead and register to vote as soon as you can. And go ahead and make sure you vote on November 3rd or mail in your vote. Whatever you can do to go ahead and make that change happen today. All right, guys. It's been great talking to everyone out there. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. And we'll see you tomorrow right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.